0: The Nashville Predators dethrone the Kings with the help of an unsung hero. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators Podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. course, we're going to start out this Friday episode the way we start all of our episodes. And that is with a special shout out to our Locked On Pred heads, our everyday listeners who tune in to talk about the ups and the downs of Nashville Predators each and every week. We thank you for your support. We'd love that we get to spend a little bit of your day with you. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News. And friends, we have a lot to talk about today between the Nashville Predators win over the LA Kings and The Milwaukee Admirals as well. Last night, the Predators played another must-win type game against a playoff caliber team in the LA Kings, who are also chasing a playoff opportunity. And friends, this was not too shabby. The Predators skated out of Crypto.com Arena with a 4-1 win and two very valuable points. Like we do at Locked on Predators, we always summarize our games by giving them one word. We share one word that describes this game. For my one word today, I am going to throw back to the wonderful world of Harry Potter. My one word is Neville Longbottom. If you read the Harry Potter books or watched the movies, highly suggest you read the books. The books are fantastic. The movies are great too, but the books are great. But you know um, that there's a character named Neville Longbottom. You know he's kind of there in the background. You see him grow up. Um, but you also you know, don't ever really expect a ton from Neville Longbottom. Uh, you don't expect him to become a major character. This is certainly not the player that you look to who is going to change the trajectory of a story or who's going to appear heroic at a big moment. Here's what we know about Neville Longbottom. He ain't Hermione, he ain't Harry, and he ain't Ron. But in the big moment in the Harry Potter series, when all seems lost, when it appears that Harry is dead, Neville Longbottom stands up. He is limping, he's bleeding, he's battered, but he stands up to Voldemort. And gives this amazing speech uh, and really rallies the group and ends up being somebody who's secretly very important in the Harry Potter world. You know, we saw a Neville Longbottom player last night really help the Predators win this game over the LA Kings. You know, there there are players on this team who are not the main characters, who are not a Philip Forsberg or a UC Saros or Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but who still show up, who do the things in the big moments and rally the troops and get the win. And my friends, the Neville Longbottom last night was Colton Sissons. And we've talked actually this week about Colton Sissons. I think I referred to him as Old Faithful, like he is always there. Same thing happened last night. He had a phenomenal pass to Yakov Trennan to get that first goal of the game for the Predators. Played shorthanded on the ice in those last critical minutes of the game with the Kings extra attacker on there. Scored an empty net goal top shelf, which was incredible. He also had a great hit on a Kings player that upended him at the boards. Um, This is the guy who can step up in the big moments and who can handle things. And the other thing that I want to point out about Colton Sissons outside of just last night's 60 minute performance is that Colton Sissons is a guy you want in the locker room. He is not going to bring the woo like Michael McCarron is. Um, He may not um, bring the, the, depth or the the leadership, the heavy kind of mantle that somebody like Roman Yossi carries. But last season, when there were so many leaders injured, it was Colton Sissons in that locker room speaking to these young players. And that is exactly who he is now. He may be a little bit quiet, but he is so important. And this game wasn't just one Neville Longbottom. Jeremy Lazan was another one in Mark Jankowski, too, and we're going to talk about them. This was a game where the Nashville Predators needed a hero, and it wasn't going to be the top line of Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Nyquist because they were really kind of contained and they were very busy doing some things defensively. But the long bottoms of this Predators roster stepped up and did what needed to be done to get this win. So we're going to look at this game and take a closer look at those long bottoms, but we're going to do it kind of big picture. Like how do these kind of unsung heroes play such an important part on this roster? Colton Sisson's big picture, you know, Barry Trotz talked about when he was talking about this reset or rebuild focused on Forsberg, Yossi, and Soros, obviously. that's That's your Harry, Hermione, and Ron, and you can sort them out however you want. But you also want Colton Sissons here. This is a player who gets it. Like this is a player who gets what it takes to win games, power play time, penalty kill time. He's excellent at five on five. He is defensively responsible. He is offensively creative and aware. I kind of jokingly say, and I hope that this doesn't come off uh, any sort with any sort of derogatory tone, but I kind of think of Colton Sissons as a poor man's Ryan O'Reilly. Not because he's, you know, something way less than, but I compare him to Ryan O'Reilly because Ryan O'Reilly is one of those players where when he is on the ice, he is doing something. He is affecting the game somehow. And it can be something as small as his positioning. It can be something as small as what he's doing with his stick. It can be something big like scoring a goal. But anytime Ryan O'Reilly is on the ice, he is impacting the game in some little way. That is 100% what Colton Sissons does. Ask yourself, when is the last time you watched a Predators game and went like, oh, Wolf, Colton Sissons played terrible that game? Or when is the last time you saw a Predators loss and say, man, that bad play by Colton Sissons really cost this team? Like, we just don't say that. You just don't say that after Predators losses because Colton Sissons is that Ryan O'Reilly type player who's going to impact the game in small ways and in positive ways. Another Neville Longbottom that we have to talk about is Jeremy Lazan. Of course, we talk about Jeremy Lazan and his hits. We knew last night was going to be a physical game, we talked about that in our game preview. Jeremy Lazon, of course, had more hits than any other player on the ice last night. But what I love about Jeremy Lazon is that he doesn't just rely on hitting people when it comes to his defensive plays. Like he is playing very smart. His positioning is super sound. He and Alexander Carrier read each other and play really well together. I would hate to see Carrier be traded because I feel like they have something in that combination where they are connected. They have learned how to anticipate each other. Jeremy Lazan is playing very, very smart. And when he hits people, and he does that a lot, he leads the league. He does it in a way that doesn't cost the predators. Think about how many times Lazan went to the box in you know the previous seasons because he let a hit come a little bit too late. or maybe it was a hit that was a little bit, uh, his position was a little bit dangerous and got him in trouble. This is a player who is not playing softer. He is playing smarter. You're also seeing Lazon get more involved offensively under Andrew Brunette, and he's making better choices when he does. He has twice as many goals this season as he has in any other season. He's also one point shy of a career high in points. And I've said it before, and I stand by this statement, Jeremy LaZan is the most improved Nashville Predator this season. Another one that we have to give a shout out to another Neville Longbottom is Mark Jankowski. He had such a great goal in last night's game. Was it pretty? Nope. Was it important? You better believe it. Uh, Luke Evangelista put a shot on net before David Riddick could cover it up. Jankowski came in and just pushed it past Riddick to get that goal. When you think of Mark Jankowski, especially at the beginning of the season, this was not a name at the top of your list, probably for like, hey, these are the people I want to see called up from Milwaukee. You didn't go Mark Jankowski. You were probably thinking like a lot of us, oh, Spencer Stasny, stand by that. Mark Delgaiso, can't freaking wait to see him up here. You know, Igor Afanasiev. we're going to talk about that. Joachim Kimmel. All of these players, he's not at the top of your list of like guys that wow you and you can't wait to see in gold. But leading scorer for the Milwaukee Admirals, I believe he was third in points in the entire AHL when he was called up, and he's doing things really well. He also is multipurpose. You see him playing well on the penalty kill. He is in those hard areas, winning puck battles. He is physical. So Mark Jankowski, he's 29 years old a little deceptive because he kind of does have like that little baby face. Um, but he has two goals in his seven games here in Nashville. I don't know that you're going to see like this amazing growth to his game. I think what you see from Mark Jankowski is what you get. But as last night proves, that's exactly what you need. So want to give a shout out to those guys. And in a question with Jankowski, like, is this a guy that's going to go back to Milwaukee? I think a lot of that depends on what happens at the trade deadline. Of course, we have to talk about a more Harry Potter type player, or maybe he's the Hermione. I don't really think he's the Ron. But we do have to talk about one player who stands out on the Predators roster who was very critical to the Predators' success last night. We're going to do that in just a minute. First, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Indeed. We are all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed does not just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Nashville Predators got an important, very late night win over the LA Kings last night, thanks to some unlikely heroes, but also thanks to a player that we all know is excellent. And my friends, we're talking about UC Saros. And yes, it has been an up-and-down season with UC Saros. There have been some stretches of tough games for him, but last night was not one of them. Saros made 27 of 28 saves. He stopped several breakaways. One of them was a 2 on none, shorthanded chance. Oh, Lord. But he was settled. He was calm. He was patient in net. And he really helped the Nashville Predators win this game. If you look at the stat expected goals for, that tells you based on quality of shot and in some other factors, what the teams were likely to score. And in last night's game, when it was all over, the Kings expected goals for was 1.66. Nashville's was 1.44. So relatively close. But the difference maker last night was UC Saros. He stopped every high danger chance that he faced. He was scored on, but that, my friends, was a five-on-three opportunity. We're going to talk about that one coming up here in just a bit. I do have a bone to pick with the broadcasters. Last night's game was an ESPN Plus Hulu game, so it wasn't our usual group of guys and gals. Thank you, Lindsey rally. They kept talking about UC Soros, and I lost count, truly lost count of the number of times they mentioned the word small. Can we just have this conversation, frankly? UC Soros is 5'11". Now, I get that maybe he's 5'10 and a half and they rounded up, but he's listed at 5'11". The average American male height is 5'9". Do they grow them bigger in Finland? Yes, my friends, they do. The average Finnish male height is 5'11". But can we please stop talking about UC Soros like the predators have a pale mpa in net? Like really tired of talking about him being so small. If you want to talk about UC Soros sidnett talk about his patience. Talk about the way he reads shots. Talk about his mechanics, his edge work. Please stop talking about him being so small. Drives me crazy. This was a vintage Saros in that night. And really, it felt like, you know what? This game is a possible win because you could see after the first couple of saves that he really was playing the game well. And you knew this is a game the Predators can walk away with a win because of Saros. Now, we also know you see Saros right now. The trade talk is very, very hot with Saros. Elliot Friedman uh, came on 1025's. Um, Caroline, Willie, and D. May show yesterday, and he said he thinks there is maybe a 50-50 chance that Soros could be moved, which absolutely brings me such stress and anxiety. But all of that trade talk did not affect at all what you got on the ice last night from UC Soros. And secretly, I do think that perhaps Barry Trotz was watching from a booth going, oh, he just got more valuable after that performance. Another thing I want to give a shout out to that we have not seen from the Nashville Predators much at all this season is consistency in the lineup because that's starting to pay off. The Predators have won their last three games with the same lineup with the exception of Lankinen getting one start over Soros. And I don't really kind of count that goaltending swap in there, but I'm talking about forward lines and combinations and also defensive pairings because we've had a lot of rotation there, too. Want to point out that that line of Jankowski, Novak, and Evangelista had some of the best advanced stats of any of those forward line combinations, which you love to see. Let's keep getting Novak and Evangelista cooking. Like, let's get them going. And Mark Jankowski, really um, a great, experienced, uh, solid defensive, but really creative playmaking guy to pair with them. So I really like that combination. The other combination that I love when it comes to the forwards is I love Colton Sissons with Cody Glass. Uh, We talked about Colton Sissons earlier, obviously can't say enough good things about his game last night. I love the creativity with Sissons. I love the offensive upside to Colton Sissons. But I also think those two together can create some great things and generate some good but they are also very defensively responsible. So I'm here all day for that Sissons and Glass. Yakov Trenin on that line. We're going to have a little chit-chat about Yakov Trenin in a minute. Now, last night was not all perfection. There there was a Draco Malfoy in, in in the ointment that we have to talk about. And it's something that we have not had to talk a ton about this season like we have maybe in previous seasons. And that is dumb penalties, Really dumb penalties. The first one started off, and you know we hate to criticize the captain, but Roman Yossi, my friend, he was whistled for a retaliatory slash. Let me tell you something. Refs are like tired parents. We are going to call the last thing we saw because we are tired and we just want the nonsense to stop. That's exactly what referees are going to do. I understand that like Yossi felt like maybe he'd taken a hit that wasn't on the up and up, but you just can't do that. Um, and, and Roman Yossi knows that. Like, I hate to be that parent, but come on, Yossi, you know better. Yak off and We got to talk about this one. Um, you know, Cole Smith was already in the penalty box, which come on, Cole. But Yakov Trenin, love Yakov Trenin. Love that he got a goal in last night's game. One of my favorite celebrations is when he jumps into the glass. I secretly hope one day that glass is going to shatter because it's going to be even more epic. So love Yakov Trenin. But that penalty last night to make it a five on three, that was a woof. That was just a bad penalty. You have to keep in mind what's happening in the game you already have one of your top penalty killers in Smith sitting in the box. Yakov Trenin, super important guy on the penalty kill, can't afford to sit him either. But he did on a dumb penalty, and that's where the Kings scored at five on three. This also happened... At the end of a period, which makes me absolutely insane. Stay disciplined for 20 whole minutes. There was also a penalty between uh, Michael McCarron and Adrian Kempe. They got into a little scuffle. We didn't see it on the broadcast because it happened kind of in a TV timeout. This one I don't have as big a problem with because I can live with four on four. I feel like if you give somebody like Philip Forsberg a little bit more ice space on four on four, I like our odds. You know, I like Nashville's odds. Nothing came of it last night, but it also didn't cost the Predators either. Little pet peeve too with the broadcasters, they kept referring to McCarron as Mike McCarron. Mike McCarron, Mike McCarron. Like Mike McCarron doesn't even go here. Like I don't even know who that is. If you're going to call him Mike McCarron, just call him Big Sexy McCarron, and it will make me feel just slightly less awkward. It's Michael McCarron. I do want to give a shout out when it comes to something on penalties, which may seem a little bit odd, but shout out to the Predators who did not commit penalties on breakaway chances that would have ended up giving a penalty shot. That's been a pet peeve of mine. Let UC Soros be UC Soros and make the saves on the breakaways. Don't commit a dumb penalty. Uh, There have been 35 penalty shots this season in the league. The refs are giving out penalty shots like Oprah gives out cars. And UC Soros has faced five penalty shots. Just let the man make the saves. That's his job. And we saw last night, just let him make the read. Let him make the play. He will be patient in that. And he came up with those saves on the breakaway. So good job to the Predators for not interfering with what Soros can do. This game was a little bit choppy at times. There was some sloppy passing. I definitely had moments where I was like, look at your shirt. Look at their shirt. Pass the puck to the guy whose shirt matches yours stretches of just sloppy passing. But this is what I will say. If you look at how this lineup performed most of this game, I like what the Predators put out on the ice last night, and it was enough. It was enough to beat the LA Kings 4-1 to and get those two points. Huge. Coming up, we are going to talk about the games this weekend that the Nashville Predators have on their schedule. We are also we got to talk about those Milwaukee admirals one more time. We're going to do that in just one moment. First, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Spring break, hey, it's around the corner, friends, which means you are likely going to be doing some shopping. Well, don't go shopping for your big trip and get nothing in return. Make sure that you're getting cash back every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from grocery to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps end up giving you points that don't end up amounting to much. With Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, to PayPal, to PayPal or on gift cards. So join the other 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. So go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app to spark to start earning cash back, and use our code locked on NHL. That's Ibotta, I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store, and use our code locked on NHL. So the Nashville Predators have back-to-back games this weekend. They play Saturday in San Jose. We were going to spend some time talking to J.D. Young. He's the host of the Locked on Sharks, but J.D. had some technical difficulties, so we had to reschedule that. I did get a chance to talk to him, though, and wanted to pass on some of what he said. First of all, he basically said, hey, the San Jose Sharks aren't very good, which I thought was great insight. But one of the things I did ask J.D. Young about that I had seen on social media and had some questions up. Um, about was a rumor that the Predators could be interested in Logan Couture. He is a 34-year-old center playing for the San Jose Sharks. He has only played six games this season. He's currently injured right now. Uh, This is what JD wanted us to know, that Couture has a three-team no-trade clause. He is injured right now. He is coming off of a career-best season last season where he played all 82 games, 27 goals, 67 points. But because of that clause in his contract, unless he asks to get traded, it is not likely to happen. He said Couture may opt to move sometime this summer, but that this is not really anything uh, to get too worked up about or worried about that the Predators may sign a 36-year-old or 34-year-old center for three more seasons of an $8 million contract. I don't know why that would make us stressed out. That would absolutely crush us. Um, the sharks are 15, 35, and five, but do not relax. The sharks team has beaten some very good teams. They've beaten the Rangers, of course, they've beaten the LA Kings, they've beaten the Kraken, the Devils, they've beaten the Winnipeg Jets, they've beaten the Philadelphia Flyers, the Predators and the Sharks played in October. Nashville got a five to one win. And this game was an interesting game. It was a secondary scorer game. You had two goals by Tommy Novak. Uh, Kiefer Sherwood had a goal. Luca Evangelista. And do we all remember Sammy Fagimo? He had a game. Or he had a goal that game too. That is a Saturday night game. It is a 9 p.m. start time. So another late night. But it just feels a little bit cooler to stay up late on a Saturday night. Sunday, it's a back-to-back, the Predators travel to Anaheim and they're going to face the 20-34-2 Ducks. The Ducks, if you remember, came to Bridgestone Arena on November 14th. Nashville Predators were up two to nothing on goals from Philip Forsberg and a power play goal from Roman Yossi. All was looking fine until it wasn't. They let the Ducks get in this game. Radko Gudis ended up scoring twice. And one of those was with four minutes to go in the game. The Ducks came in and scored three in a row and beat the Predators three to two couple players to keep your eye on. Of course, Radko Gudis, thanks for nothing. Uh, Trevor Zekris, always kind of want to watch him when you're playing him. Frank Vetrano is having a career season. He has 26 goals, 45 points in just 56 games. So he is knocking it out of the park. That is Sunday night's game. That is a 7 p.m. start time. So a little bit more doable going into a new week. I worry about these games. It may seem odd, but I worry about these games. This is going to be the end of a five game, you know, a five game road stretch. This has been a long stretch for the Nashville Predators since the All-Star break. You had that very difficult Dallas loss. We have had that U2 kerfuffle. You've also seen the Predators play three games against playoff caliber teams and battle for wins The other thing is you cannot play down to your opponent. And sometimes I feel like Nashville, when you get a game against a team like the Sharks or the Ducks, They can take their foot off the gas a little bit. So you want to finish this road trip strong at this point in the season. Nashville needs every single win they can get. So we're going to watch those games Saturday night, 9 o'clock. The Sharks, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Central Time against the Ducks. Let's see what the Nashville Predators do as they wrap up this road trip and then circle back home. Of course, we'll talk about that on Monday. Do have to talk about, yet again, my friends, the Milwaukee Admirals. despite what you may have heard, lots of people care about the Milwaukee Admirals. Yesterday, the Admirals played a school day game against the Chicago Wolves on the road, chasing their 18th consecutive win in the AHL. What is so interesting about this win streak for me? Obviously, it's impressive to go 17 games with a win and get wins. But these are 17 wins that have not always been pretty. Like it is not necessarily that the Milwaukee Admirals have the most outrageous collection of talent on the team. They do have talent on the team, but it's a lot of young talent. You've got a lot of players playing their first professional seasons. And yet, even in games where the team overall is not performing, at their best level, they find ways to get these wins. And I think it's almost more impressive because these games have not all been blowout wins. You haven't had 17 blowout wins by the Admirals. They have really fought and had to win games in different ways. They did it again yesterday. Got their 18th consecutive win in the AHL. They now have the second longest Uh, win streak in AHL history. They have a ways to go to get to the top record. But Yaroslav Eskarov got the start in net. And my friends, it was an absolutely outrageous performance by Eskarov in net. He just knocked my socks off and caused me to to clutch my pearls and my thumbs again. He came out on a Wolves breakaway chance at one point and made the poke check. The puck kind of went off into the right circle, and the Wolves player gathered it up and put it on net. And you have Askarov out in the slot and he dives back and makes the save. It was absolutely outrageous. Look for it online. Lots of people were tweeting about it. He had another diving save later on in this game. He had his fifth shutout of the season. All of those shutouts for Askarov, by the way, have come in these eight this 18-game win streak. When he was done. Getting that shut out, he just folded the net down and congratulated his teammates. Morgan Riley just violently clutches his stick in righteous indignation over the little whippersnapper. But anyway, he did it. Very interesting statistics about the goaltenders in Milwaukee. Yaroslav Eskarov, his stats for the season. He has a 923 save percentage, a 2.04 goals against average. In this run... where the the ads have won 18 consecutive, he has a 940 save percentage and a 1.62 goals against average. He's played 13 of those 18 games, five shutouts in 13 games. Troy Grosnick, let's not overlook what this elder statesman has done for the Admirals in net. He, over the season, has had a 919 save percentage, a 2.34 goals against average, very good, in this 18-game consecutive win streak, he has gotten five starts, and he has a 965 save percentage, and he has allowed just one goal against average. Just one. Yesterday, the Admirals got goals from Adam Wilsby. They got two from Zachary LaRue, and they got one from Cody Hodgson. And I want to give that shout out to Cody Hodgson. Hodgson. That was his first professional goal since uh, he returned to play. He left hockey, uh, retired from the Nashville Predators in 2016. He was diagnosed with something called malignant hyperthermia, which is a result of a genetic mutation. And it caused him things like shortness of breath, muscle issues. It caused him to black out. And he ended up having to leave the sport because of this. Well, he wanted to make a comeback, and the Milwaukee Admirals signed him to a PTO yesterday. Cody Hodgson scored his first goal since coming back to play absolutely love to see that. The Admirals are back in action again this weekend as well. They have a home game Saturday at 6 p.m. Again, they're going to be facing the Chicago Wolves Sunday on the road at Grand Rapids. So a lot of hockey available to watch this weekend between the Predators back-to-back and the Milwaukee Admirals back-to-back. But here's what you know. You know we're going to talk about all this on Monday's episode of Locked on Predators that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Locked on Predators podcast. I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day here and look forward to joining you again on Monday where we're going to recap Admirals and Predators hockey weekends. We'll talk to you then.